I do think there are misconceptions about matchmaking. Some people think it's for people who can't get a date, who are desperate, and then they need the help. But we find it's actually the opposite. It's for people who can get a date any night of the week, but they don't have time to spend 12 hours a week online dating Mm -hmm. or sifting through, and they really just want the highest quality. So it's, you know, very similar to hiring a realtor or a personal trainer or Or a recruiter, (laughs) a recruiter. Exactly. It's just hiring an expert and outsourcing your love life. So the people that we work with are like highly accomplished, successful, busy professionals who just don't have a ton of extra time. Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Molly DeMillier. And we have a great guest for you guys this week. We are interviewing Talia Goldstein, the founder of Three Day Rule Matchmaking. Yeah, she is a lot of fun. I really enjoy talking with her. Yeah, she's very real. Yes. yes I like she that is. she's very real. She doesn't have hard rules, but she's very realistic, very honest. Uh, we had a lot. Of, we had a good time with her. Yeah. And I think all the like matchmaker type people who we've talked to, I like when I think of matchmaking, I don't really think of modern dating and they all are so like actually 21st century and understand what's going on, which I just I really appreciated from this conversation, too. So and matchmaker Maria as well. Oh, yeah. She's also very, uh, very pro DM game. Yeah. Like they will DM people for you. Yeah. Which I was like, what? I was shocked when I heard that. (laughs) Takes a village, man. Yeah, I I know. Right. But I was like, well, it is kind of nice to have someone uh, doing the work for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So guys, as always this week, we are sponsored uh, by sunsetlakecbd.com. We have a promo code for you. Get 20% off. Use our code SGS20 when you check out. Uh, It comes right from the farm in Vermont. It's honestly one of the best deals of all the cbd products i've ever seen and they have truly everything things Mm -hmm. for you things for your pets they have if you want to take gummies if you want to do the drops they have flavored drops now so use our code sgs20 for 20 percent off sunsetlakecbd.com and uh if you guys want to get extra behind the scenes of the show you can join the patreon which is patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot uh just for a couple bucks a month you can help support the show and uh really helps us out keep production running so we also have an announcement that the Patreon gang already heard. Uh, I'm going to flip it to Molly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot of people probably already heard this uh, from social media. And it, like Erica said, it's out on Patreon. But I will be leaving the podcast at the end of February. Um, it has been an amazing ride. And I'm just going to, you know, I have some other things to focus on. And I'm excited to get chatting with these guests we have coming up and do these last few episodes. But just... Uh, Thank you to everybody for all of the support for the last two and a half plus years and to Erica for being such a great co-host. And oh, thank it's, you. it's been uh it's been a really amazing ride. Yeah, ben, thanks for doing the show with me. Yeah. I know it's a lot of time. We did put a lot of work into it and uh, I will miss doing it with you. I did my first solo Patreon <laughs> this week and it, it got a little weird. <laughs> all right. <laughs> got a little weird. I naturally found myself looking to my left being oh. like, oh. Oh, yeah. And there's no extra comment here. Just me. But uh, no, yeah, I'm sad to see you go. But uh, I want you to be happy. I want what's best for you. And uh, I'm just excited for these last couple episodes we have together. Yeah, me too. So, uh, well, before we get to our guests this week, uh, if you want to follow them, it's at 3DayRule. But they gave us a referral code. So if you want to sign up for their free database, uh, and they are all over the U.S., 
They can match you. It's free to just join their database. Uh, but if you want to join or you want to do a uh, want to become a client in any way, if you use our link, 3dayrule.com slash Erica, that's E-R-I-C-A, uh, they'll just know we sent you. All right. So I joined. I'm not going to lie. No shame in the game. I joined <laughs> the site. Anytime we talk to a matchmaker, they're like, I have a free database. Why not? All right. I got a notes on my app on my phone. I've written my bio. I'm ready to go. So uh, if you listen to Talia, you like her vibe, you like her company, you want to check it out, go to 3dayrule.com slash Erica. So without further ado, uh, let's get to our guest. Let's do it. You may have seen her on Good Morning America. She's the founder of 3-Day Rule Matchmaking. It's Talia Goldstein. <laughs> Welcome to Thank the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We're very excited to have you on. Uh, you are only our second matchmaker ever. Matchmaking service, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, real quick, how? Uh, what drew you into the matchmaking business? How did we get here? It's interesting. Well, I always was into love and relationships. Like, I was obsessed when I was a kid. I even hosted blind dating parties when I was in high school, which is pretty weird. (laughs) And then I worked in advertising and then television. And I just loved asking people about their relationships. I would walk right up to the execs and ask them who they're dating, which, you know, everyone was scared to talk to the execs, (laughs) but I was shameless. And I, my last job was at true Hollywood story. I was a producer at E. Oh, cool. And everyone around me was single. And I just sat in my cubicle and gave relationship advice and I loved it. <laughs> and I st- started pairing people together. So I would pair my coworkers together with my friends. And then I realized I had this weird talent for matchmaking. And from there, I started hosting parties so I could bring everyone together and pair them in a more organic way. Mm-hmm. So we had 20, 30 people at the first party and then 300 people at the second party. Oh, wow. and then 600 people. We were taking over these huge hotels around Los Angeles and it was just a passion project. It honestly didn't even occur to me that it could be a profession, but then back at the office, there was this guy who sat right next to my best friend who worked at true Hollywood story. And he was really grumpy all the time. And I kept asking him, can I please match you? Like, please one time, let me match you. And finally he said, yes, like you can match me one time. So I paired him up with this really great girl. She worked in PR and they hit it off and he was so happy and his demeanor totally changed. And he was sending me presents. And I realized in that moment, like if I can match this guy, I can match anyone. And I realized I can make it my profession. And I ended up quitting my job. Wow. That's incredible. Um, I mean, starting out by matching friends and coworkers, did that ever get messy? Were you worried about that? Like, I feel like that can get dicey. I know it could, it actually never did. It was so much fun. And the best part was taking, you know, what they said they wanted and kind of giving them someone a little bit different, like surprising them. And then they would end up in a relationship. So I had a lot of fun matching everyone. (laughs) No horror stories at all. (laughs) Um, I know when you said you were first hosting kind of like dinner parties, I assume like everyone you invited didn't know, like it was you kind of playing matchmaker, right? They totally did. Oh, they I, did know everybody. It was Men a and women. fully match made party. I would invite, um, you know, all my single friends and I would take them at the event and say, show me everyone you're interested in. And I would wing woman and walk right up like, Hey, you got to be Carol, like Katie, yeah. you have to be. 
And so I was like a maniac at the events trying to match people. And then I figured out a couple icebreakers so I could get people to talk to each other, but Mm -hmm. it was very obvious what I was trying to do. (laughs) I like the transparency of that though, because everyone there was probably very interested in actually being in a relationship and being with somebody versus like a regular party you go to. It's like, you actually don't know who's single or like who's sleeping with four different people already who two of them already at the party. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We were not trying to be too cool. Everyone who came, we split it up. So they had wristbands and they each had a number and their job was to find the person with the matching wristband. And if they found them, we'd give them a prize. And I was getting amazing prizes, like a night stay at the Viceroy. And oh my God. You know, they were super excited to win. And it just, yeah, it made the events pretty fun. That's amazing. So while you were doing all of this, what was your relationship status? Like, were you also mingling with people? I was, I had just, I, I try to figure out this timeline, but I think <laughs> I started the company and then pretty soon after I met my husband and I fully match made myself and I'm such a fan of being proactive. I basically was going into a holiday party on my way to another holiday party and I saw my husband across the room and I turned to the guy next to me who was my old roommate. I was like, BJ, who is that guy? Bring him over here right now. <laughs> and he went and grabbed my husband and he walked up. I was like, hi, I'm Talia. It's so nice to meet you. And we had a pretty basic conversation. I had to go to another event. He asked for my number. I said, I'm really sorry. I have to run, but someone at the party has it. I'm sure I'd find it and call me. And so he did. And that's it. I orchestrated the whole thing. And I'm such a fan of being proactive. Yeah. Shooters got to shoot, baby. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. That's our motto. We don't hate it. Um, so I'm, I'm curious in general, you kind of started with like live events and big mixers. And now is your company more primary, just not live events, like individual matchmaking? We had events forever. We were hosting parties for 1,500 people on Halloween for years. And then when COVID hit, we stopped events. So we haven't done an event over the last couple of years, but the matchmaking has continued and and hopefully one day we'll bring it back. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you made a nice pivot then. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm curious with your company name, Three Day Rule, uh, does that mean anything? Is there any significance to the three-day rule because, you know, when I heard it, I thought of the like, you know, don't accept a date unless it's three days in advance or <laughs> the classic like man tries to wait a couple days to call you. No one wants to look desperate. Like what made you pick yeah. three-day rule? That's exactly it. The second one. So it was from the movie Swingers where, oh you know, a guy used to wait so he didn't seem desperate, but we definitely do not believe in the rule. Like for us, we don't believe in any rules. It's just a funny name. Interesting. Um, so I'm curious, do you take on both male and female clients? And like, can you kind of walk us through your process in matchmaking? Sure. Yes, we do. We take on male clients, female clients. We service a pretty wide range, 20 to 80, LGBTQ. So the process is the same for everyone. Basically, anyone can sign up to be in our database and that's free, but they can also become a client and work one-on-one with a matchmaker. So First, we just have to assess that it's a mutual fit. And if it is, they get assigned a matchmaker and the matchmaker gets to know them. We ask them to send us photos of their exes so we can find out who they've dated Whoa. in the past, they find attractive. It's very interesting. And then the matchmaker's job is to go through our network and outside of our network to find all of the potential matches and interview them. And then anyone who's a fit, we send over to our client. 
So they get matchmaking. They also get a photo shoot just so we have new pictures of them. And they're assigned a separate person who's their dating strategist. And that person helps them dig deeper on anything that's coming up. So it might be like attachment style or vulnerability or anything that's coming up for them. They get to dig deeper with the strategist. So they have the strategist and the matchmaker for advice. Oh, I like that okay. little consulting. Yeah, That's the first time yeah. I've really heard that. It's a very holistic process. <laughs> uh, well, one thing we talked to a previous matchmaker and they say it's actually a little easier to match men than women. Do you feel that way too? No, I don't. No? I definitely, I, I can understand why some people might say that. I think men are a little less complicated, especially in terms of what they're looking for. But 60% of our clients are women. We love working with women and I don't think they're any more difficult to work with than men. I think one difference might be that men come with like a handful of things they're looking for. And sometimes women have these really long lists. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like, yeah. you know, we've accumulated from our parents and romantic comedies and every year we add something else. But I think as long as women are open to prioritizing and they come into the process, like willing to step outside their comfort zone, then they're wonderful to work with. Okay. How do you like pare those lists down? That must get tricky. So part of the initial process when you meet with a matchmaker is doing that. And it, you know, it also is on the matchmaker to help you. So we do this initial interview where we're asking you, we basically say, tell us anything that comes to mind about this person. What have you thought about? Give us the whole list. And then we break it down into three must-haves, three deal breakers, and 10 Mm, nice-to-haves. And part of the matchmaker's job is to tell them what we think the must-haves are. So they'll go through the list and at the end we'll say, okay, it sounds like your must-have, your three must-haves are financially stable, wants kids, leads a healthy, active lifestyle. And usually they're like, wow, you're right. Like that's exactly, but (laughs) they haven't thought about it in that way. So we help them break it down. The must have three must haves are like the non-negotiables deal breakers are hard nose, and then everything else falls into nice to haves. And that's how we do our matching. You won't get sent a match outside of the must haves and deal breakers. Mm, okay. Okay. I have to ask, how do you find uh, men for your database for your female clients? Cause I think men versus women, I think men, I don't know, feel more of a stigma of like using a matchmaker then I mean any friend I talk to is like I'd use a matchmaker shit <laughs> like do the work for <laughs> <Yeah>. me you know <laughs> I mean like once the men understand what it is they're all for it but not everyone knows about matchmaking right. so for us number one is referrals like we'll match a couple successfully and then they'll tell their friends so we a lot of guys come through other friends but then we are recruiting specifically for our clients so that means sky's the limit. They're everywhere. Like we will find people on LinkedIn. We'll listen in on Clubhouse. And if we hear something wow. interesting, okay. we'll reach out. We'll approach people at Whole Foods and CrossFit. <laughs> and like they can be anywhere. Um, so we're shameless. And we will do that for our clients. But also we tell our clients, send us anyone that you're interested in. And we'll reach out for you. It's so much easier for us to do it mm. and for them to. So we're getting like Instagram handles and, you know, people are constantly sharing, like I saw this cute guy in an article or on a television show. What do you think? And we'll reach out to anyone. We actually had this client 
we, when we asked what her type was, she's like, well, I really like this guy on X television show. That was her favorite show. So we said, all right, well, he's cute. Like, why don't we just find out if he's single? So we reached out to him <laughs> and, DMs, and he was single and we set them up. Oh wow. my God. That's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. The gems are everywhere and we are on a mission to find them. Wow. I've never heard of like essentially crowdsourcing like that yeah. before in matchmaking. So do you find that one, people are very surprised by that? And then also like, are there other common misconceptions or stigmas that you find people just generally have about matchmaking? Yeah. I mean, whenever we're reaching out to someone or meeting someone in person and asking if they're single, they are very flattered. It doesn't happen very often that someone runs up to you at Whole Foods like, hi, you're adorable. Are you single? So yeah. they appreciate it. And if they're not single, they'll tell a friend. I do think there are misconceptions about matchmaking. Some people think it's for people who can't get a date, who are desperate, and then they need the help. But we find it's actually the opposite. It's for people who can get a date any night of the week, but they don't have time to spend 12 hours a week online dating mm -hmm. or sifting through and they really just want the highest quality. So it's, you know, very similar to hiring a realtor or a personal trainer or, or a recruiter, <laughs> a recruiter. Exactly. It's just hiring an expert and outsourcing your love life. So the people that we work with are like highly accomplished, successful, busy professionals who just don't have a ton of extra time. Okay. I'm curious of when you're approaching anyone from your database to be matched with the client. How much information mm -hmm. is exchanged? Is it just kind of a couple bullets of like, likes the outdoors, this age, this religion? Is there a photo included? Like, how does that switch happen? Yeah. Especially if you're kind of like DMing people for other people. <laughs> you know? Well, before we match anyone, we do a whole meeting with them where we're learning a lot. We ask about their childhood and their parents' marriage and their goals for the future. And so we ask a lot of questions just to make sure we feel that they're compatible. But when we do find people who are compatible, they each get photos. We don't match blindly. They see photos, a bio that we write about them. So it's not really a resume. It's like how we felt meeting that person. Mm -hmm. And, and that's basically it. They don't get last names or specifically where they work. We're pretty confidential, but they get a sense of who this person is and what they look like and they're welcome to ask us questions if they feel that something's missing or they want more information uh, to that uh is there anything like specific that you're looking for when you're getting new clients coming in or things that you're just like uh this is not someone who will be good in a matchmaking situation yeah i would say what's important is like coming in with an open mind and trusting the process, the people that we have a really tough time working with and usually will turn away are very rigid. Like they come to us with this checklist and they will not deviate from the checklist. They need X, Y, and Z. We usually won't work with them because part of this is stepping outside your comfort zone. Like there's a reason why you're single. And usually it's because it's hard to date on your own. Mm. Like when you are on the apps, you're swiping on what's familiar and familiar is not always what's best for you. So you might think that is your type, but actually that's not the best person for you long-term. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, I'm convinced people are swiping past their soulmates. And I have <laughs> proof of that because some of the clients that we match successfully told us they swipe past the people that they ended up marrying. Wow. wow. 
So that's why when they come to us, it's important that they just keep an open mind and they're, they're able to trust us in the process. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just not the best fit. Yeah, I love that you give them new photos too, because I feel like just in the idea of swiping past your soulmate, like so many people just have old photos on there, especially men. Especially men. And it's just like, it's so painful that then they show up for the date and you're like, oh, like sometimes you're so pleasantly surprised. Yes, I know. And like some of the best guys have the worst profiles. Yeah. I mean, like the ones that are have amazing profiles, like usually they're the charmers and they know yep. how to get the job done. Yep. <laughs> I set up this couple, they ended up getting married. And when he signed up for a three-day rule, he did not even put a photo. So I feel like if that was on an app, he would never get a date. Mm-hmm. But I was able to you know, schedule an interview and get to know him. And he ended up being a match. <laughs> so it's just too hard to judge online. It's too quick. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are making assumptions you know, based on basic information. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say guys with like the best pictures are often either like narcissistic, I've found, or they're fresh out of a relationship. And all the pictures I are guess. the ones that all their, their girlfriend took the whole time they were in one. <laughs> totally. And then they're always like, in yeah. like, I just got out of something. Like, I'm not looking, I'm looking for fun and casual. And I'm like, that's why right. these pictures are so good. And this girl's <laughs> yeah. cropped out in all of them. <laughs> it's I like, know. swipe right when the guys have a terrible profile. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole uh, West Elm Caleb thing going on on TikTok. Have you guys seen this? No, I've heard this joke, but I don't know what it means. Oh, there's literally a guy named Caleb who works at West Elm and he's just like getting crazy matches on Hinge. And I guess he's like super attractive, like over six feet tall. And it's just like love bombing women so hard and just like blowing up their phones and like basically creating these like internet relationships with women and then never like meeting up with them except there's a couple that he will be seeing and like saying that he's not on the apps anymore and then all of a sudden like now these girls are going to tiktok and are like oh my god so yeah stay away from the (laughs) stay away from the charmers and men named caleb who work at west elm even if he wasn't like the best looking dude it'd be like West Elm discount? What? What's that? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. What's that? He works at Target? Um, call me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it goes a long way with furniture that to seven percent, you know. Uh, uh, okay, so I'm curious if you do you have any dating rules uh, for your clients when you set them up? Uh, for example, we had Matchmaker Maria on, and she has a twelve date rule. She tries to have her clients follow. And I know from the show Millionaire Matchmaker, she has a no sex until monogamy and a few other rules. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, are there any rules or guidelines you give uh, your clients when you set them up? Well, we definitely don't have any rules. Like there are no hard and fast rules in dating. At least that's our philosophy. I mean, we guide people throughout the relationship. So we definitely have a lot of suggestions and guidelines. And part of our job is to help them navigate those beginning stages. But really, there are no rules. At least that's what we believe. So even with like, say you set a woman or a man up on, say you set up a heterosexual relationship, we'll say that, uh, there's nothing of just like, okay, the guy is the one that needs to initiate the next date. None of that. None of it. No, I think like it's so nuanced. Everyone's a little bit different. I think if I had to pick a rule, it would be to have clear communication. Like what (laughs) I've seen so often is like assumptions and miscommunication and Oftentimes we're bridging the gap between two people who like each other and have no idea. So through matchmaking, we're able to say, oh, hey guys, you actually really like each other and you should go out again. But without us, they probably wouldn't. So I think like 
if there is going to be a rule, it's to clearly communicate what you want. But otherwise, I think like if you want to initiate a date, go for it. If you want to sleep with someone pretty early on, go for it. Like obviously I would guide them in a specific direction, but you can go rogue and still end up in a happy relationship. Yeah. I was going to ask what are some of those like just overarching guidelines that you give to your clients before they go out on a date together? Yeah. I mean, usually we're just encouraging them to be present and have fun and enjoy themselves and not make a decision on the date. Mm. So to just be yourself, ping pong the conversation. So, you know, it goes back and forth. Try not to talk too much about work. You're welcome to talk about work, but it can't dominate the conversation. And then after, and try to get a second date. That's it. Like land, try to land the second date. And then after you can decide if you even want that second date and to really assess, but the first few dates should just be enjoyable. And we suggest a shorter date, you know, going a couple drinks, not too long in that way you still have some mystery. Like the person is excited to see you again Mm -hmm. versus those eight hour dates that really could have been three dates with a lot more excitement. Yeah. Well, especially if you're doing the background and you're like wants kids, this religion, like certain things that it's like, okay, that's already out of the way. Like Mm -hmm. you don't even need to bring up those topics. You truly can kind of keep it light and more fun. Right. That's a really great point about matchmaking is that like you, you don't even have to go there. Like this is just about whether or not you have chemistry or whether you're interested in at least giving them a second shot. And then we always encourage people to really give the other person a fair shot and not to judge too quickly. I think especially with app dating or like cycling through people so fast. <laughs> and if they're not perfect, we're moving on. But the chemistry can grow and really like go into every date with an open mind and an open heart and realize like, that person is not your ex and give them a clean slate and then, you know, decide after the date what the next step is. I like that. Um, I'm curious since the pandemic started, I know you're not able to have your parties, like you said, but are you getting more people looking for a matchmaker? Yes, we are. I was a little nervous (laughs) when COVID hit. I wasn't sure what would happen, but in, I feel like the silver lining of the lockdown was that people slowed down. Like we were just talking about how everyone was moving too quickly when we were in lockdown, that was hard to do. And so it became much more intentional and meaningful. And I noticed even the lists that people were bringing to us had changed. So it was less about six feet tall and perfect teeth and Ivy league and more just about like, who would I want to spend a year at home with? Yeah. What does that person look like? So that was really positive. And we saw a lot of success, you know, during that time. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously still still going. One really interesting trend that we noticed is because so many people can work remotely now, that location was no longer an issue mm-hmm. where before wow. people would say, like, I want definitely want someone in the city, or I will not cross the 405 if they're in LA. <laughs> like, they wanted someone so yeah. close. But now we're pairing people. We just had an engagement last week, LA SF. We have one coming up, New York, LA. We have wow. Philly, Chicago, wow. because they're they don't have to be, you know, working in one location. So yeah, I think even for people outside of matchmaking, open up the search because even if you can't move, chances are the other person could. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So where do you work? Like, do you just kind of work anywhere then? Like it's a bunch not- of major cities, right? 
we're nationwide. So okay. we're in 12 major metros and we, we match some outside of that, but we have about 50 full-time matchmakers across the country. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I just would have assumed that it would be within your particular city. So that's, that's really neat. We're everywhere. <laughs> uh, I yeah. was going to say, if people want to see the cities specifically, I saw you had the whole list on it's three day com, correct? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I pulled the drop down bar and I was like, whoa, I was impressed. <laughs> I was like, wow, they really are everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm curious Maybe of, so if someone say pays whatever the fee is to be a client of yours, uh, is there like only a certain number of matches you give them? Like, how does it work? I have a couple questions. So basically, is there, you know, a certain amount of matches that means, because I think a lot of people might be hesitant of like, okay, say I pay whatever fee. I do this matchmaking service and it means I only have a membership for three months or a year, or I, they only get three matches. Like, I guess, how does that work? Yeah. So typically people work with us for three months or six months. Three months is a minimum of three matches and six months is a minimum of six, but there's no cap. We'll send anyone we think is a fit. Mm -hmm. We have the exact same goal. We want you to end up in a relationship at the end, but also the idea is not to put you on a hundred dates. So for every one person that we send you, we may have interviewed 30 options before we sent that one. So our job is to go on all of your bad first dates and then we just <laughs> send you the best ones. Right. And then if you end up going through the process and you don't end up in a relationship, we still keep you top of mind. Like sometimes the perfect person comes in two weeks after your official contract ended. And of course, we're going to send you that person. Like our whole business is also, we're, we've grown from word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So we want you genuinely because we care to end up in a relationship, but we also want you to spread the word and tell your friends about us. I have another question. If you yes. set someone up on one date, I'm assuming you don't give them like another match until they officially say, Hey, I am not interested in this person. I don't want to go out with them ever again. Not necessarily. Really? So, okay. Oh. Yeah. It's really, it's a pretty collaborative process with the client. So let's say we set you up and you go on the date and you're excited and you go on a handful more, but you're not quite sure. And you just want to see another person to sort of compare. We will happily send you another match. We usually do one at a time just so you can go on the date and really focus and assess whether or not it's the right person. But if you end up wanting to see another person, you can. On the flip side, we will not match. We, we have clients and we have matches. So once we match you, client, with a match, that match is locked. Like we cannot match the that person with someone else. Until, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So okay. they can only be with you. Got it. And then, so when it comes to like feedback that I imagine goes to the client and then how much feedback does the match get? We'll share feed. So we get feedback from both sides, which is a very valuable part of the service because yeah. we get to understand what you're like on a date and we are here to help you. Like everyone has blind spots mm -hmm. and you don't get the information outside of matchmaking. So we get the feedback and then we'll share with you anything that's helpful. And we also will share it with the match if it's helpful. Just because they're not a paying client doesn't mean they don't deserve to, to learn about themselves. So we'll share whatever we feel is appropriate with both sides. Okay. And like I said before, like a lot of times it's helping people just get to the next step. We had this really interesting story that happened a couple of weeks ago where we set up this couple and they came back and they both liked each other, but he did not ask her out again after the date out of respect for her, 
because he knew that she was not interested in going out with him again. Why did he think that? Because she was yawning on the date and he <gasps> thought that she was bored. And so he decided, even though he liked her, not to ask her out again. Well, they both reported back to the matchmaker and we were able to say, you, you both like each other. You should go out again. <laughs> and we gave her the feedback that she was yawning and she had no clue. She's like, I had a really busy work, you know, work yeah. week. And I was having a lot of fun. I don't even remember yawning. I feel so bad, but mm. they both liked each other and they went out again. So that feedback is really helpful. And, you know, outside of us, they would not have gone out again. So we're, we're very happy to deliver it. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny that like, they just wouldn't have, they would have just mutually ghosted each other probably in real life. (laughs) It happened. Like we get the feedback a lot. I was interested in the other person, but they were not interested in me or they were guarded. And so part of our job is to, you know, to help our clients flirt and show interest, but also clearly communicate. They want another date. Like, Mm -hmm. Going on a date and at the end saying, I had a really nice time. Thank you is not enough. The other person does not know you're interested, but going on a date and saying, I had a really nice time. We should do it again sometime soon or on the date. If you have a conversation about a concert, for example, like we should go to that next week, clearly communicating that you want another date is so important. Otherwise, a lot of people make assumptions that you don't. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I was going to say, I feel like there was a Seinfeld episode that they debated the goodbye at the end of the date, and it said something of like, I'll call you. And she was like, he yeah. said he'd call me. And they were like, oh, that doesn't mean he's going to call. Like, <laughs> but it, I feel like since, you know, God knows how long, it's always been confusing on the goodbye of like, oh, we should it's do this again so- sometime. Yeah, We had this client that we are working with, and he's like a pretty high profile, like total catch. And he kept getting the feedback after the date that the women liked him, but they didn't think that it was reciprocated. Mm. Why? Because at the end of the date, he was shaking their hands. Oh, oh no. Not that he was being respectful. So he would shake their hands and say, thank you, instead of giving a hug. Yeah, even coolest celebs. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man, yeah, handshake, oh man. Um, so I'm curious, what would you say to a client who after a date, they come back to you and they say, you know, like, I really like them. We really drive, but I'm just not physically attracted to them. So I would say if it's a man and a woman, if, uh, the man came back and said that I would say like, no problem. Like, thanks for the information. I would not push for a second date because usually the attraction will not grow for him, but the opposite is true for women. So if it was a woman that came back and said what you just said, I would highly encourage her to give it a second shot because everything else jived and the chemistry can grow for women. So while he may not have been the hottest guy in the first date, like by the fifth date, he could be for her. So I usually tell women, if you are remotely attracted and they seem like a kind person, go out again and just see how it feels. Okay. I had never considered, because we say that all the time, that attraction can grow, but as two heterosexual females, like we're only getting that perspective. So it's, it's interesting to hear that men, that doesn't happen. Usually, you know, like in the first like 10 seconds, they know if they're attracted and then it typically doesn't change. I mean, you, you know, we've pushed them to go on a second, third date, like that, it, that usually doesn't change But We've seen it so many times where for women it does. Interesting. 
I mean, yeah, all my guy friends say it. They're like amazed if I go on another date with someone and I go, I'm not super attracted to them. I'm like on the fence about attraction. They're like, I would never. <laughs> like, they're like, I'm on the fence. No, they're like, I'm not going on another date. So it's, it is interesting. I, I'll admit I have, I have like yet to have that in terms of being on dates with people. However, I've had friends in my life that I never thought of them that way. And then after knowing them a long time, then I suddenly mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So, but it's weird because it's like, that's yeah. years. And like with dates, right. it's like, yeah, I'm not going to date someone years and be like, finally, it's here. Oh my God. <laughs> finally, we can have sex. Uh, <laughs> well, I, like there has to be some attraction. Like, right, if yeah. you go on a date and it's a hard no pass, but if you are, there's some mystery and you want to learn more and you're remotely attracted, then it's worth it. I agree with that. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be like, I don't want to say repulsed, but it's almost like you should be like scale one to 10. If they're like, I'm like a five on the attraction. I'd be like, okay, yeah, do another one. Like a five and up. Yeah, right. Okay. In your experience, when do you think two people should define the relationship? Like officially be exclusive or boyfriend, girlfriend, or when do you see that typically happen with your clients? Yeah, I would say you should do it when it feels important to you. Like there's again, no set timeline, but when it feels important to you to define the relationship, then I think you can have that conversation and basically just say, I'm really enjoying spending time with you. I'd like to focus only on you. You know, I'm not, I'm not dating other people at the moment. Like, how do you feel and see what they say? And they might say, great, I, I feel the same way. And then you know where, where you stand but they also might not be there. Not everyone has the same timeline. So you can have the conversation, but if the person isn't where you're at, it's okay. It doesn't mean they're not going to get there. Just helpful to have clear communication. So like, as an example, I'm working with a guy right now and he started dating another client of ours. And within like a handful of dates, he said to her, I am really falling for you. I would like to focus only on you tell me when you're ready and I'll stop dating other people. And as soon as you're ready, I'm all in. And she didn't say in the moment, I'm in. She said, great. Like, thank you. I'll think about it. And it took her a few weeks. And then after a few weeks, she came back and said, all right, I'm all in. I'm ready. And that was their like defining the relationship conversation, but they weren't exactly on the same page. And so I think that's pretty common where one person's like one step ahead. So if you do end up having the conversation doesn't go exactly how you planned. It's okay. It doesn't mean that it's not going to get there. And then you have to set your own boundaries. If like a month passes by and they're not there, you have to decide if you're in or out. I like his approach though. Like how he didn't just put her right on the spot or just make an ultimatum. Like it, it allowed the relationship to grow, which I feel like with those conversations, it feels like such a make it or break it point that it it always feels a little messy in my experience. I agree. Yeah. I loved his approach too. And they are very happy couple. (laughs) Yeah. I had a similar thing with, I mean, now an ex of mine of, I brought up that conversation of like, I was there, they weren't there. And I was like, okay. And I didn't put any pressure on it. But in my head, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm only going to do this another month. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. like I was like, I know my limit and I can only kind of sit in this, like, okay, let them make a decision for a month. And I think that's fair. I didn't say that to them. I wasn't like, you got one month, buddy. But it was interesting if I told a couple friends and immediately I had a lot of friends be like, uh-uh, he's never going to commit, da-da-da-da-da, you're wasting your time. And I was like, I just told you I made the decision to stick around one more month. 
Like, right. I don't think one month is going to, years later, me be like, my God, I spent way too much time. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that's a hard part that a lot of women get stuck in or get conflicting advice that they're kind of like, oh, well, I feel like if it's not now, it's going to be never. And I think, like you said earlier, it's kind of like, it's up to you, you know, yeah. especially if you're someone and you're sleeping with them and you're like, I can't keep sleeping with someone knowing they might be sleeping with other people. It's like, Mm-hmm. okay then that's you and end it you know like good for you right you know? and it goes back to like just openly communicate it's like not giving them an ultimatum like you said it's just this is where i'm at tell me where you're at and then we can see how to how to move forward yeah the confidence like that is also very attractive too to a lot of people instead of just like this sort of like waffling like very emotional response in those conversations it never is going to go how you want yeah, and people exactly. and people on their end need to know, because mm-hmm. I've had you know male and female friends be like, I know he is into me or she is really into me, and I've been thinking about it and I'm not nearly there, and now I feel mm-hmm. like I'm leading them on, and it's like they're not going to know that though unless some type of conversation comes up, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And I just have seen so many times that people have different timelines, like mm-hmm. that end up together. Like I remember this one couple. At six months, like she was ready to get married and she actually started to scare him a little bit. She's like, I can't wait to introduce you to my rabbi and my gynecologist, like all the weird people to introduce it to. And it really freaked. He was so in love with her and they would have like made it, but I feel like the pressure was a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Like her timeline was six months and his was probably like a year and a half. And so she made a bunch of assumptions of where he was at instead of just asking him where he was at. Yeah. So much about relationships just boils down to timing. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be, you could get along with someone so, so well, but if they're not ready, they're not ready. And there's nothing that'll change that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I feel like, especially when it comes to timing and defining the relationship, but also just across categories, women get a lot of pressure to just be the chill girl and the cool girl and not seem, you know, too demanding or needy when it comes to dating. So what advice would you give for women who might be feeling this way? I would say like, don't put on an act. You should be authentic. Like you don't need to be too chill. I think it's important to remember in the beginning of a relationship that you're essentially strangers. You don't know each other. He doesn't know what you like. He can't read your mind. So like that communication is really important and to like give them some grace. So pick your battles. If there's something that's bothering you, definitely bring it up. Like you are not needy or demanding, but you kind of have to teach them what's important to you. So it like reminds me when I first started dating my husband, we had a date set. I was supposed to meet him at his house at six o'clock and he was out to drinks with a female coworker and six o'clock rolls around and he is not there. Six 15. He is not there. Oh. By six 20, I was so furious and I was out of there. I went back home six 30 calls me like, Hey, where'd you, where are you? Like, oh, I'm at my no. house. I left. If you want to have a conversation, like come, you can come over. And when he came over, I was clearly upset. I basically just said, it is very important for me that you show up when you say that you will and that you show up on time. And if you're going to be late, I need you to text me or call me. What happened tonight for me is not acceptable. So I will let it slide. I know you're just getting to know me, but in the future, that's not going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And he was never late again. (laughs) 
And he took me out to a really nice dinner and <laughs> made up for it. We went to Mastro's. But my point is like, that might've been okay for his ex. And it actually might've been okay for him. Like yeah. maybe, you know, being punctual is not that big of a deal for him, but it was for me. So if you have something that you want to bring up, you're not demanding, you're just sort of training the other person, like how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't be chill, you know, <laughs> pick your battles and speak your mind. Yeah. And for someone who wants to make you happy and wants to make you feel good, it's important to learn those things about you because they're going to want to do them or they should. Yes. And it really like continues on into the relationship. Like mm-hmm. sort of the things that were an issue in the very beginning of our relationship or the things that bothered him about me like, are things that I really still have to work on like 15 years later. So. <laughs> yeah. I think when, when you just gave that example, I think about, um, there's so many people that have rules of like, you know, don't accept a date last minute, something like that. Right. But then people aren't communicating that to the other person. Like the other person will just keep asking them on Thursday to go out Friday and they just keep saying no. And it's like, instead of just being like, Hey, no, I can't, um, you know, but would appreciate just more of a heads up. Like my schedule is crazy busy. I do want to see you like something like that. It's like, you're playing a game with them. They don't know they're even playing. Exactly. And then they they give up because you're, it's too difficult. Right. Like a lot of time we'll hear the man will plan a date. Like you'll schedule a date for Thursday And then you will not hear from him until like Thursday after work saying like, okay, what time are we meeting up? And I've definitely heard the situation like, no, that's too late. I'm not going to meet him. Mm -hmm. But like what we find is that men are really linear Mm -hmm. and they're not great at multitasking where we are like thinking about the date all day long and we're planning our outfit. Like they don't even think about it until work is over. So first of all, I think you should still go on the date, but if not exactly what you said, just speak your mind and tell them you would appreciate like more of a heads up. Yeah. Even more specifically the, like, he didn't confirm by 1 PM. Yeah. It's like, but you could have texted him in the morning. We still good for tonight. Like exactly something or literally go, Hey, let me know where I'm meeting you tonight and what time, like you could throw it on him. You could still make them do the work, but like, exactly. Speak up, you know, (laughs) what would you say are some signs that someone is emotionally available. They are consistent. Like consistency is huge. They make dates and they plan for the future. They're good communicators and they're able to express their feelings, like to tell you that they're enjoying themselves with you. And then also that they like fight nicely. You know, I think Ooh. when you're having a dispute, like being able to openly communicate and to fight you know, in a nice way is really important. Um, So probably those, I mean, I think a lot of it is just being present, communicating, being consistent and future planning. The fighting thing is interesting because fighting, it's also important that you find someone that has a similar fighting style as you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people really are used to sort of crazy fighting and passionate making up and like that's normal to them where other people, it's more conversation. So this is a sort of a separate topic, but it's important to find someone that has a similar style to you, or at least can adapt to your style. Yeah. Fighting can be so healthy, you know, because Mm -hmm. otherwise you just let everything sort of like fester and you don't really get it out or get to communicate it. And some people like are yellers and that triggers the other person and Fighting is great to figure out what you're getting yourself into and whether or not you can resolve things easily. 
That'd be a fun way to set someone up. You're like fighting with your friend. You're like, you know what? You got to meet Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you and Dave would fight better than me and you were fighting. You know, you got a da- you got a similar pattern to my friend. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, we like to do like a fun wrap up question. I feel like you already told a shoot your shot story with your husband. Uh, oh, yeah. So what would you say is the best piece of dating advice that you've ever received? I remember two things that my mom would say growing up when she always said something like, if you are dating a guy and he doesn't want to be with you, roll out the red carpet, like buy, try, don't fight for him basically. And then the other one she would always say is marry the boring engineer. <laughs> That's so specific. Yeah. Well, like, is your dad an engineer? <laughs> he's not. He's a doctor. <laughs> I think she was just trying to tell me, like, marry, like, the steady, like, nice guy. But she always would say, marry the boring engineer. The guy that likes to fix things. Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'll, keep, he'll keep trying it eight different ways, you know? Doesn't the sweet get... nerd. Yeah. Yeah, marry the nerd, I feel okay. like, isn't directly what that's trying to say. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so awesome. Uh, for everybody that's looking to get involved, it's 3dayrule.com slash Erica. That's E-R-I. CA if you want to sign up to your free database or be a client um, and you can follow you guys on social media at three day rule uh, Talia this was so great thank you I had a lot of fun thanks for having me so do we and uh, if you want to follow us we're at shooters gotta shoot pod and I'm at Sparica with two A's and I'm at the guaca underscore Molly and we'll see y'all next week bye bye <laughs>